the house of the Lord today. Thank you for worshiping him. For he truly is worthy. He is worthy. How many of you, as myself, I've just been feasting on last week, all week, last Sunday morning. Wow. The Spirit of the Lord moved in, in a mighty, mighty way. I'm grateful for that move and thankful for that move. I'm going to try my best to <clears throat> touch on some of that that word that, that we just shared a little with you last week. I'm going to try to try to bring some of that to you today. Uh, just a little change with our text, though. We're going to look at verse 35 through 39 of the book of Romans, the 8th chapter. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Challenging the status quo. Father, we love you today. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And I ask God that you'd have your way. Lord, as your word is so rich and it is the bread of life, I ask God now that you'd have your way in our hearts as we have broken the bread. May our hearts and lives receive it for your glory and for the edification of the body. May we leave here different than we came. We love you and we thank you. In Christ's loving name, the church said, amen and amen. You can be seated. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to challenge the status quo? The eighth chapter of Romans is one of our favorites as believers. It's one of mine, especially if you back up to that 28th verse. It gives me hope for all of the um, unexpected events of life where uh, Paul would declare that all things work together for good. Amen. <laughs> that gives us a little hope. That gives me a little encouragement. That gives me a little something to stand on day by day when things are not so good, if you will. For us, every believer uh, will face seasons of chaos from time to time in our life. Turmoil will find its way in our lives. There will even be times when we... We live life on the edge and we are desperately seeking rest and peace from the Lord. There are those days that we must have it. There are those days when we find ourselves in the company of old brother Job in the seventh chapter. As he would write in that fourth verse, he said, When I lie down, I say, when shall I arise? And the night be gone. 
and I am full of tossing to and fro unto the dawning of the day. We've all had those nights that before the sun went down, you were already wishing that the night season would not come, but the dawn would be the rising. You are dreading the midnight hour. I don't know why the devil loves to work the most at the midnight hour, but that just seems to be when he thrives in the lives of people. It seems like when your children are young, the, the fever don't rise till about 1130. Amen. It don't, you know, it's 99 and a half or 100 all day. But about midnight, she peeks out at about 103 and 104, and you're stressing through the night. Praying the grace of God, amen, finding the Tylenol, getting the Motrum, finding whatever you can get to get the fever down. And it's in that midnight hour, many times in the fever of life when it begins to rise. It's, it's because this, I believe, it's because we are trying to put our minds at rest. We're trying to put our bodies at rest. And the devil does not want your mind at rest. And he doesn't want your body at rest. So if he can torment you all night long and, and uh, you, you get occupied during the day and you think everything's going to be okay. But when the darkness approaches and the midnight hour comes at the fourth watch, if you will, the enemy is doing his best to steal kill and destroy and torment your mind. But I'm here to tell you today that's not the plan of God or the will of God for your life. It's not torment. We know what Paul wrote to the young preacher Timothy. You've not been given a spirit of fear, but you've been given power, you've been given love, and you've been given the soundness of your mind. So I'm here this morning to challenge the status quo when we understand the, the idea of status quo and what it's trying to bring in into and through our lives. It's a, it, it, it's a simple thing. Status quo is the existing state of affairs. It may be good. It may be bad. It may be positive. It may be negative, but it's the moment in which you're living and the state of affairs of your life and what you are dealing with. That is the status quo. It's what you're going to face in the immediacy of the moment. It's what the devil is throwing at you right now, but I'm here to challenge the status quo. I'm here to challenge Challenge the state of affairs because I know in whom I believe, in whom I do trust. Is that not what we see written here in Romans when that challenge is there? I, I, I initiate that challenge. If 28 is the mandate and the promise hanging over our life, if all things work together for good, I love it when Paul got on over just a little further and he declared, Then who shall separate us from the love of God? And then he begins to go through the plethora of the list and he begins to lay things out of the, the, the existence, if you will, of the resistance in our life. Who shall separate us from the love of God? And he begins to make that wonderful loving list that gives me encouragement and lets me know that the chaos of the day, the status quo of the moment is not going to be the final dictate of my life. Somebody needs to hear that today. Oh, and we can mind ourselves and take the words of the scripture and say that we will press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and the only way you can press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling is if you take the front part of that verse and add it to your life forgetting those things which are behind I pray
press, forgetting what's behind me. I press. I am ignoring the status quo and the state of affairs. If the state of affairs and the status quo does not align to the dictates of the Word of God for my life, then the status quo deserves to be challenged in the moment which I'm living because the challenge has already been mandated for all things work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. If you've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, you've been called to his purpose and therefore you have been gifted the ability to challenge the status quo because if God be for you, then who can be against you? I'm here today to challenge the state of affairs. I'm here today to challenge doctor reports. I'm here today to challenge all that the enemy comes against us with. Look, I may die from whatever they tell me I got, but it won't be because I don't challenge it. I know this body is subject to disease, but I also know this body is subject to the divine nature and the healing of Jesus Christ. Touch on it. So I challenge the status quo this morning. I know the devil's out seeking to kill, steal, and destroy, but that's not the status quo in which I live by. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I challenge the status quo. <laughs> Faith overcomes the status quo. It don't just challenge the status quo. It overcomes it. Ronald Reagan defined status quo this way. He said, you know, status quo is Latin for the mess we're in. Uh -huh. you, you know that, right? It's Latin for the mess we're in. I thought that's pretty good. You know, we start scratching our head, throwing words around like status quo. What's status quo? Well, it's just redneck used to the term. It's the mess you're in. But there's a promise for every mess that we can find ourselves in. And by virtue of there being a promise in the word of God for every mess that we can find ourselves in, it brings the reality about in my life that I can challenge the mess that's before me. I can challenge because when my mind is tormented and I feel like Job, you think about Job and all that he had to deal with and all that he had to live through. I'm not scraping bowls with pot shears. I'm not sitting in, in agony in my body. I'm not sitting wondering about the, the lives of my ten children that I had just lost. I'm not worried because I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm not worried that my reputation has now been tainted. Job had all of these things come against him. But in the midst of the status quo and the challenge of the moment that was before him, he chose rather, he chose rather to declare, oh, he and his wife so in despair. She's saying, Job, curse God and let's just give up and die. But Job had this wherewithal within him that he understood where the camels came from. He understood where the donkeys came from. He understood why he 
he had so many sheep. He understood why he had ten children. He understood why he had it all. He said, honey, we can't do that. He said, it's the Lord that gives and the Lord that takes away. But I'm going to find courage. Don't get quiet on me now, my soul. Oh, I can hear old Joe. Don't get quiet on me now, my soul. Don't hush your voice now. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord gave it and the Lord takes it away. But know this, honey. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> oh, that's a challenge in the face of the status quo when your friends come to try to comfort you, but yet they only bring you lower down. It's there in the midst that God begins to speak. He comes in the whirlwind, and in the middle of the whirlwind, he causes Job to stand upon his feet. He said, stand up, oh man of God. It's time you challenge the status quo. Oh, in his misery, he began to doubt somewhat, and he began to challenge God with his condition and his position. But in that challenge, God showed up because Job had been faithful. Oh, it would be Job who would declare with these eyes, I shall see my Redeemer, for I know that my Redeemer lives and my Redeemer will take care of me. It's his confession there. And God, in the midst of the status quo of Job's life, didn't want him to get too low. So out of a whirlwind, he comes to Job and he says, stand up, Job. Stand up like a man. There'll be a whirlwind show up when you're at the lowest point of your life. God will reveal himself. And it's to Job, he begins to pose some questions. He said, where were you? Now sometimes we, we wonder where God's at, don't we? I have, I've wondered. I'm not so much about where he was at, but when he was going to show up. <laughs> Hello? I know where he'd be. He'd be on his throne, high and lifted up. But what I'm wondering about is when he coming to me. Oh, come on now. What I'm wondering about and worried about is when's he going to show up for me in the midst of my status quo, in the midst of the state of affairs in which I'm living, or as, uh, as President Reagan said, uh, in the middle of the mess that I'm in. When are you coming down here? Oh, I'm so grateful and so thankful for God. He didn't let Job get too far out in his questioning, but he stood up and questioned Job. Where were you when I put all of this into existence? Where were you when I flung and cast the stars in the sky and I hung the earth on its axis and give her a spin and she still spinning. Where were you when I did all these things? But it's going to be okay because I'm here now. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. When you begin to put some things in perspective. Oh my Lord. We think that our problem is the biggest mountain in town. God said I'm doing other things, Job. I haven't forgotten you. Sometimes you got to walk by faith in the middle of your mess. Amen. But you don't have to walk alone. 
and know that you're not alone. Hallelujah. You're not alone. You've not been forsaken. You've not been given up on. So stand up and challenge the status quo. Don't challenge God. Stand up and challenge the status quo and the state of affairs in which are coming against you. Challenge them in the promises of God and look at your problem and say, where were you when God was putting all of this together? Oh, he's watching over. He's keeping it. And he is the caretaker of my life. Paul begins to go through that litany of status quo. He said, tribulation. Tribulation. Trouble from this world. Trials in this world. You know, I think one of the most dangerous doctrines that can be preached among many dangerous doctrines is the idea that believers, once you're a believer, everything's going to be all right. Not in as much as it's going to be all right, but it's just going to go smoothly. Right? That everything's just going to be perfect in your life. You're a Christian now. You've been saved. Hello? And you got smiling people that give you four points on how to keep smiling while the status quo is about to choke the life out of you? Huh? When the state of affairs and circumstances of life and this mess that we're in is about to overwhelm us, I'm here to tell you, I don't need a five self-step help plan. I need somebody to stand in front of me saying, Thus saith the Lord. This is what the word of the Lord is for your situation. Oh, God is on your side. He's never forsaken you and he's never left you. But when you understand tribulation is going to come into your life, it makes me feel a little better when it does. It lets me know that God's word is true. Why? Because God says you're going to have tribulation, trouble. John 17, 14, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, and even as I am not of the world. He said, in this world you shall have trouble. Trouble is going to come your way. In reference to Job, the declaration of this man that is born a woman is a few days and full of trouble. So if you're not getting any promise of God in your life but trouble, praise him anyhow. Hello? Our faith is put to the test. You've heard it said, if there's no test, there's no testimony. Hello? But what wonderful testimony that we have that the status quo of life is challenged with the promises and the word and the presence and the spirit of God being made available to our life. Jesus said, you have tribulation. You shall have it. It will come your way. But I am so grateful that is not the last declaration in that verse of scripture. He said, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And later on he would declare, I give you peace, not as this world gives you peace, but my peace 
peace give I unto you that your joy may be full. I don't know what the world's telling you. I don't know what the devil's telling you. I don't know what some TV preacher's telling you, but you can still be in trouble and still be full of joy. You can have all hell breaking against you and still be filled with joy because joy has nothing to do with the state of status quo, but it has to do with the glory of God and the presence of his promise living out in your life. We get it confused. I got to be doing something wrong. That's what Job's friends tried to tell him. You have had to sin against God somehow. No, I didn't, I promise. <laughs> I've self-examined. I've, I've went over every act in my mind. Look, when you're in torment, don't you do that? Oh, huh? Mind goes into hyperdrive. We go searching. We go looking. We go asking, God, is there anything... And that one friend of Job's that sat there and looked at him for seven days without saying a word, I'd like to slap him. I mean, he didn't even accuse him. He just sat there across the fire and looked at him. Like he's mm, getting spiritual with him or something. There's some point I don't need you to be spiritual with me. I need you to come on and encourage me. In something like this, well, if you have sinned, if a man does, he has an advocate with the Father. Have you been to him? Tell me that. Don't just stare at me. Hello? Just looked at him. I guess if he's able, he might have got up and slapped me. I don't know. There's more to this life than just trouble. It's the grace that accompanies you in the midst of your trouble. He said, Pastor, I thought this was going to be an encouraging word. It is. Because whether we like it or not, trouble comes. Hello? It's coming your way. If you're not there, you either just left or it's on its way. But the thing about it, with every trouble that arrives, there's grace that accompanies it. The devil think he has the upper hand in our life bringing things against us. But he knows what he's doing and he knows he's defeated. And what he just fails to remember is that your faith in the God in which you serve. He's counting on you giving up. He's counting on us turning back. He's counting on us not praying. He's counting on us not to praise in the midst of the storms of our life. He's counting on you to give in and succumb to the will of your flesh. But my God, once the Spirit has been resurrected once you've been touched by the grace and the love of God uh, and you've lived through a trial or two and you've overcome a test or two uh, and you got a couple testimonies behind you there's a confidence that rises that by the blood of the lamb uh, and the word of my previous testimony and the promises of God that are yea and amen this too shall pass Distress, he said. Distress, extreme anxiety, sorrow or pain. He said, we're distressed. He'd, he'd write in that letter to the Corinthians in his second address to them. He let them know that we we're troubled on every side. Fourth chapter, eight verse. He said, oh, Corinthian people, we are troubled on every side. 
I think Paul understood and knew a little bit about trouble. I think he understood a little bit about tribulation, persecution, amen. He said, but we're, we're not distressed. We're troubled. Tribulation comes, but you're not distressed. Don't, don't let it overcome you. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Trouble can come around you, and you don't have to be overcome by extreme anxiety, sorrow, fear, and worry. Why? Because who shall separate us from the love of God? Huh? Half death, power, principalities, angels, devils, you name it. Nakedness, peril, sore. None of this is going to separate you. This can't keep you from the love of God. It can't keep the love of God from you. So next time that you're feeling like you're about to be squashed to death and you can't breathe because of the status quo of life, know this. You may have tribulation. You may be troubled on every side, but you are not distressed. The, the, the people who become distressed are those who are losing their focus and their faith in Jesus Christ. I need a little something to back that up. Okay, I'll show you distress. Jesus is walking across the water. The disciples are in a boat. There's a storm raging, and they think they see a ghost, but the, the, the voice of the Lord begins to speak to them, and Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bidst thou me to come upon the water. And he hears the come. Come. Hey, so while your faith is high and you've heard the voice of the Lord, you bail out of the boat and go walking across the waves. But somehow the tribulation that you're in begins to draw your focus another direction and you take your eyes off the one who is stable and you begin to see the distress that is around you. But then you begin to see that's what happened. He became extremely anxious about his situation because he just realized that he got on the water before he knew what he was doing. <laughs> Isn't that the way it happens sometimes? There's a term for that. It's called zealousness. We get zealous. Man, we've got a word from the Lord, and here we go. We take literally is what David said. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. <laughs> so before we know it, we think we're David. And we're running and starting to slow down. Those are troops. And the closer we get, we say, that's a big wall. Huh? Distress begins to set in. But don't be distressed. You may be in tribulation, but you are not distressed. But we are not. Read it. We are not distressed. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we are. Look, he said, we are perplexed. But not in despair. Sometimes when we see the status quo, we become confused, we become overwhelmed, and we get perplexed by the matter. But hold on. Oh, because see then, if you become perplexed, understand that you will not fall in a state of despair. Despair is a whole lot worse than being perplexed. Despair means you have believed the, 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 the perplexities that are coming against you, and you have 
have believed and accepted that which is perplexing you is greater than what is keeping you. No, 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 no. Paul said you don't have to be. Yes, you may be perplexed, but not in despair. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it may be rough, but don't give up. <laughs> don't give in to the perplexing problem of the status quo. Don't give in. Don't yield. Don't fall into despair. You're traveled on every side. Oh, he'd go on in that verse. He'd say, you are cast down. Think about it. You got knocked down. You got knocked over. You got hit, as Jackie Gleason used to say, pow, right in a kisser. And you're flat of your back. You think it's over. No. Nope. Because every time you get knocked down, you get saved by the bell. There's a pause. There's a time out. You get set, drugged back in the corner and set up on the stool. And the smelling salt of the Holy Ghost gets put in front of you. Woo! Seen them boxers go, woo, right? When they break that ammonia, take the ammonia of the Word of God and woo, pull a Ric Flair on them. That's what the preacher preached Friday night. Woo! I love you. I mean, old Brother Scotty Hager, big Scotty, right? He come out there doing the Ric Flair strut. You got to be a little bit older than some of these folks in here to remember Ric Flair. And he'd come out there at stiff legged strut. Woo! With his glasses on. Uh, that's who you are. Come on. You may get cast down. <laughs> what did Micah say? He said, Don't rejoice over me, though I'm knocked down. I'm getting up. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell the devil, you're about to get up. If I ever heard mama say that, I got real doing whatever mama told me to do. I'm about to get up from here. <laughs> because, see, with mother, if you got past the threat of the getting up, if she got up, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how sweet you tried to be. Your hide about to get tanned. Or striped, whichever. Or both. Belts are made for tanning. Limbs are made for striping. In case y'all didn't know that. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Some of you need to. I'm just saying. I got to get back to this. As long as God is on his throne. As long as he answers prayer. And he's going to answer prayer as long as he leaves us here below. Hello? As long as he answers prayers. As long as this world is turning. And as long as his word is true. How long is that going to be? Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word shall stand forever. I'm trying to encourage some of us in the status quo today. When the affairs of life make you feel like you've been knocked down, you're not out. You're not destroyed. 
You've been cast down but not destroyed. And there is a difference. If you're not destroyed, then he can empower you by his grace for you to get back up and go another round. Hallelujah. Pull a Muhammad Ali on the devil if you got to. Cover your head, cover your vitals, lay your head on his chest, and let the devil swing away. And in about round 10, once you've got your breath and he's about tired of wailing on you, then you come up and you come out and you stand firmly in the word of God and you take the authority and you challenged the status quo because you were down, but he didn't take you out. That's where he messed up with Job. He got him down, and he didn't take him out. But let me just share something with you. He got him down, and he didn't take him out because he didn't have the power to take him out because God had already drew the line. He didn't take him out because he didn't have the power to take him out. Because the line had already been drawn. Do what you want to. But, I love it when God says but. His life is mine. You, you can't do nothing with his life. And, and the devil come against Job so egregiously that he wished he was dead he just couldn't kill him <laughs> oh sometimes don't we wish for the rapture hello sometimes we get so sick and been so sick and tired we think Lord I wish you'd just go ahead and take me on well don't wish your life away child of God you may be down, but you're not out. And don't let the devil stand over you and make mockery of you. You look up at him and say, I'm down now, but I'm about to get up. And when I get up from here, when I get up from here, <laughs> I feel somebody about to get up in here. <laughs> Woo! Go ahead and worship him a minute in his house. I'm about to get up, Lord. <laughs> hey. Persecution, trouble from people. If you got people coming against you, let them come on. The Lord is on your side. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, just like we shall suffer tribulation. But that's okay. Matthew 5 and 12, that beautiful sermon on the mount. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for great is your reward in heaven. Famine or nakedness means the lack of material prosperity. Some of the most wealthy people in this world don't have a dollar to their name. Never allow the enemy to try to bring and equate God's blessing and favor on your life with zeros. Never, never let him convince you that a dollar figure declares and shows how much God loves you. 
some of the richest people in this world are so overladen with joy that they couldn't go buy a hamburger. Huh? Have so much peace, they lay down at night not even knowing where their meal's coming from tomorrow, but they sleep like a baby on a feather pillow because they know their God <laughs> who fed them this day will feed them tomorrow. Neither nakedness or peril. You may feel like you're in trouble and trouble may be surrounding you, but don't worry, God's not going to let it overcome you. Peril or sword when there is imminent danger to your body through disaster or sickness. Don't think that God has quit living on you because he hasn't. Because for the believer, we understand that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? Can I tell you there's worse things than dying? There's dying without the Lord. But there are no greater things than dying with him. <laughs> because why? You get a walk on pavement that has no potholes. Now I know I, I'm with you. I enjoy life. I love life. And I'm not saying I want to die today. I'd just rather him come get us all. And we go together. Amen? Stand with me. I'm closing. Challenging the status quo. To live as Christ and to die as gain. And to know that God is able. God is able. He's able to keep you. Paul told that Roman church that he was persuaded. Are you persuaded this morning? Are you fully persuaded? Are you fully convinced that by his grace you're able to challenge the status quo? By his grace, don't challenge it in your own self. You will fail. But if you challenge it within his promise, Standing firm accordance to his word, you can challenge the state of affairs. But here's the thing. When we challenge the state of affairs and the status quo, we have to understand that we may have to walk in the furnace. Right? Many times we think, and I'm not, I'm not here in any way trying to lead you in any other direction than you might have to go in the furnace. Well, where's the encouragement in that? He's in the furnace waiting for you. You may have to go in the lion's den. Well, where's the encouragement in that? What softer pillow than a lion's mane? Challenging the mess that you're in with the hope that he provides.
grace that he gives. Father, I love you this morning. I thank you for your help today, Lord, because I've surely felt it. I have felt your help. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for speaking to the hearts of your people today. Lord, I thank you for allowing me to go ahead and preach this word. As you displayed your glory in this house last week, new seasons, new things, due blessings. today, Lord. How many of you just need a touch from the Lord? You know it. How many, you, you just need a little, need a little something, something. You just, status quo is really starting to look difficult. Really looking challenging. 